Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. On this episode, we're reviewing Angel Fire East by Terry Brooks. Best book ever. This is the third book in the, uh, what's the name of this trilogy again? Uh, it is uh, the Word in the Void. Word in the Void. Void, void and the Word Word in the Void series, yeah. Yeah, it's the pre-prequel. It is, it is. The pre-prequel, and it's kind of urban fantasy kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so what we've got going on here in this third book, it's 10 years after the last book. That's my understanding. Uh, yep, we're reunited with Nest, uh, who is an ex-Olympian. That's right. Uh, kind of just living her life uh, back home, living the dream, helping out at the helping helping keep the uh, the forest uh, under control with with Pick, and uh, all of a sudden, a demon shows up and says, "Where's John? Good old friend John." And she's like, "John who?" And she's like, "I haven't seen him in ten years." And he's like, "Well, I want John." And then a series of events happen, and John, who has a mysterious transforming magical item comes back in her life and uh things kind of go back and forth from there yep so you know john shows up with hawk and we're good to go he shows up with hawk Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean eventually this is a creature that becomes hawk right right (laughs) right right just saying well didn't i was confused (laughs) because i thought they called the uh the one cat hawk too but anyway oh yeah no. Yeah, that's a brief summary of, I mean, uh, of how we kind of pick up here and start off, but then we'll right. get into the rest. Right, right. Absolutely. So uh, overall impressions and thoughts. Um, do you want to go first, David, or so I like Jim? Why don't Jim go first? Uh, Jim, okay, Jim. So overall impressions and thoughts. Oh, well, I think. I really, well, I don't think, I know, I really, really enjoyed this book. Uh, it was, it was, surprised me how much I enjoyed it. It was kind of neat to revisit uh, the characters later on in their lives and to find out what they were doing. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, Two Bears made a made an appearance, which just made the book for me. Oh, of course. Um, Twice he appeared. Uh, Findo <laughs> Gask was kind of uh, an unexpected kind of demon to me because, uh, first of all, his name is very much Star Wars-like. <laughs> yeah, I would expect a smuggler to be named that. Uh, but this is the first demon I think we've had that, that has actually had a name. Didn't her dad have a name? Uh, I think so. And isn't Findogask the same demon from the other book? Yes. Yeah, so from yeah. the first book that, that we, we read, read that was out of order. Yeah. Yes. So we see him. I mean, he's he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. So at any rate, yeah, I I uh, 
I love this book. I love the story. And uh, as far as the trilogy is concerned, you bet. I, I really liked it all. Yeah. So um, since we're going to hear from David, maybe I'll share first, all right? So, uh, so I, too, out of the three books that we read, found myself really engaged with the characters in a way that the other books did not engage me. And so, like, I was immensely feeling for Bennett Scott, uh, Ness, John Struggles. Um, I found myself really pissed off at Findo Gas, um, which I was supposed to be, and really irked at the deputy sheriff. Like there and and like I found myself just there and anticipating what was coming and dreading it. Like I was physically and emotionally into this book in a way that the I was not into the last one. And I liked the last one, but I'm I want to say that of the three in this trilogy, this one probably for me was my favorite. And then, and then if I could add to that, uh, we read this book at the right time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where the events take place in the winter time. Right. It was just really nice to wrap up in a blanket and sit in my chair and just read this book, uh, during the winter time. It was, it really added a lot to it. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's what, so, uh, yeah, I really did enjoy this book. David, how did you feel about this book? <laughs> oh, no, here we go. <laughs> Rantmaster, take the stage. Look, I, I agree it was the right time of year to read it. <sighs> that's about... <laughs> And I agree that it felt more connected <laughs> with the characters in this book than it did the other ones. But uh, I still didn't care about any of the characters in this book compared to the other ones. You are a heartless soul. Yeah, this book was <laughs> dumb. This guy does not know how to write fantasy, <laughs> at least in what I've seen. It's like, it's like this guy writes Lifetime movies, and he's like, well, I should try my hand at fantasy, and so he writes a oh, bad yeah. Lifetime movie, and then he sprinkles in these David, things. Here, David, buzzwords. you're going way too far, partner. You're going way too far. <laughs> lifetime Understand words. the Come sentiments on. of David do not reflect the views of the Orville the Sword podcast. <laughs> he throws in these buzzwords, and he's like, "Oh, well, this makes it this makes it fantasy," and and then like. An hour and a half later, maybe he'll mention it again, and maybe it'll pay off, but it won't, because nothing ever pays off with him. It just, ah, oh, I just didn't care about any of these characters that we spent so much time on, and that didn't make me care about them. Like, he'd introduce them, and I'd be like, oh, okay, like, I get this, like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what's going on here. And then he'd be like, well, this character you thought was kind of interesting, here's a minute detail I'm going to spend you know, a whole chapter discussing and you don't really care about, and I'm driving home this point that is really easy to get, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep harping on it forever to the point where you start to hate this character because of those things. It's just, uh, it, 
And don't come on. She was an Olympian. Come on. She went from like kind of running. And then 10 years later, she's an Olympian. Kind of running. Have you read the other book? Yes, she was. She, she, she was. She was a track star going to college for that training to be Olympian in the second she, book. She was training at college for that? Yes. Uh, what book did you read? I don't know. It was uh, PTSD, man. Just walking out after a while. I, I mean, I remember she ran, but I didn't think it was that serious. It just, I don't know. Do you know what would help you with your trauma? What's that? A little bit of loot playing in the background. <laughs> that would just like soothe. Everything. Jim, can you help out with this? I need Jim's album. Uh, Jim's album. Playing, no. Yeah. Playing in the back. No. Loot. The, no. Loot for the common man. Yeah. The, no. The Cure no, to the no. Rant by yeah. Jim Arrowwood. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just, okay. Of them all, this one had the best like fantasy elements. I do feel like having read the other book, it ruined Findogask a little bit for me because I didn't, I mean, I didn't think that he was in trouble. Uh, and I, To me, he was one of the most interesting things. And the whole time I'm like, well, I mean, they're not going to defeat him because he's in the next book. He's in the next book. And well, and you knew because of what the other book told us that he wasn't going to defeat Nest either. Right. Or yeah. John. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that some of that kind of ruined it for me. And then the ending just felt very anticlimactic. It's just like, really? You're, that's how you're going to end the book? Like, I, I don't. I liked it. I don't. It's like, oh, so now she's pregnant with him. Like, okay, I get it. But then I think because I know there's more, I felt like it was lacking. Had I not known there was more, I would have been like, okay, that's a good ending, I guess. But knowing that there's more, it's just like he has all these prequel books. And so far, none of them are actually about the fall, which seems the most interesting thing to me. They're always, like, way after it. Maybe the other three books get into it, but the ones that we didn't read. The, but it's And this one, I thought, oh, this is going to be it. We're going to see the decision that causes the fall here. But no. No, you don't. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Ness just has two two kids now with no explanation how she got them. That'll, that'll work in the government. No worries, man. Nobody's going to question how she got these kids. Yeah, no but in a small deal. town like Hopewell, you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, whatever. In this fantasy world. <laughs> hey, all I can say is that this town is a well of hope. So, And then and then, just got the back of my head, I have Jim's disbelief in the fact that in Ohio is this, is the, these elves that no one knows about. And I'm like, this is the no, same No, that world. was up in the Cascade Mountains. What the hell books did you read? <laughs> <laughs> they were in Ohio. Do you remember they that? I don't Ohio. think you've read the right books. Yeah, they were. Where were they? They were out near Washington the Boise somewhere. Cascades. Oh, whatever. They were in a forest. And Jim was upset that he's like, how did they exist this whole time? It was a Boise Cascades. Well, it was a great Northwest. How does Wakanda exist? I mean, come on. Well, I mean, yeah, but... You don't see Jim getting upset about We're going to go down Wakanda. this road again. Huh? When were they written? I don't know. <laughs> we're going to go we're going to go down this road again. I just well, here's no. the, here's the thing, right? I want to believe Give it to me, this, Ratmaster. I want to believe this guy. I mean, I want to believe he knows how to how to make a compelling story. The Shannara Chronicles or whatever. Like they're so popular. I I, I just I'm I'm just so curious as to how they got so popular. I need to read them to see if he just got like lazy or what. But 
I really just felt like he was writing this lifetime drama, and then see, this is really a marketing ploy to get you to read the rest of the books to see. Yeah, right. So uh, you're gonna pat his pocketbook reading the rest of the night. I know it's working. It's working. I'll dump the system and I'll audible them, and then I'll return them for being bad. (laughs) Get my credits back. Okay. And and tonight's episode is brought to you by the Lifetime Network. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. David. Um, I am sponsored. Complete by, by soundtracked by Jim Arrowwood. Yeah. On the loot. On the loot. On the loot. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So All right. We're very good. I, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it just, I don't, definitely don't like it the same way you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, oh, fan, no. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it was it was fantastic. Although I do have a, I do have a one problem. Mm-hmm. I do have one problem, and this is might be my only problem with that, and has to do with the ending, okay. and it has to do with John Ross giving up his service to the word, mm-hmm. and it's problematic because we find out that Angel, the Night of the Word, in the book that we the, the fourth book. That we the one that we read first, yeah. Um, we find that she has been mentored by John Ross, right? In the word, so it must he must come back to it. So somehow, and we don't ever really get that story. That's like an unknown story, maybe a short story somewhere. But somehow, he takes it on. He takes the mantle up again. Well, I guess he he must be like two bears, maybe. Or like how he's kind of like. Uncorporeal. So maybe that happens now that he's because because she takes him at the end. The Lady of the Lake. Where does I mean? Maybe she could just pop him down wherever, and then Two Bears has his staff. I actually that was one of my favorite things was how how the, the staff came kind of full circles. Two Bears taking it, I guess, to another person or whatever. Right. I thought that was that was cool. So like. Some of the lore works. It just the ex. I just had a problem with the end because of and and here's the other thing we don't know in angel in, in the in when he mentors angel if this is is his if his mentoring is happening before the events in Hopewell that we're reading here. Oh, that's true. Because it could be, except yeah. that from Angel we get the indication that demons came and killed him. Mm. If you remember, so I don't know. So then it. it, So I don't know. There's a there's 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 a little bit of an inconsistency that maybe I'm maybe I'm overreading it. And he delves into parallel universes all the time. So this is not the Kelvin timeline. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, it could be. That's there is no more Kelvin timeline. It's gone. It's gone. (laughs) Yeah, it's canceled. No, that's true. Yeah. I was really looking forward to a Tarantino Star Trek. Come on. Okay. Um, so so if if we're gonna talk about the problems that we had with the book, I didn't I I had some problems too. Oh, I okay. see. I didn't mean uh, and that's really it for me, but go ahead. Yeah, but way back in the beginning, um in the first book, John Ross had a flash forward, I guess, of of Nest becoming evil. Okay, yeah, that was in so that was in book one. We got in book the, one, right? And we got we go went through that book. We went through the second book, and I was hoping 
that we would get some idea of what happened to turn Nest around and and make her work for the void. Oh, that no, that was in the first book. The yeah, that, I thought that was addressed in the first yeah. book. That that was a vision he had that if John couldn't stop and if she wouldn't resist the, her father, then John would have to come in and take take right. kick butt and team's names. And now the vision changed because she resisted. Her she dad. resisted. So I thought that was an that was oh. that was completed in yeah, the first I thought, book. I was pretty sure it was completed. That was the way well, I well see. And I was wonder I was wondering though if there wouldn't be more books to write here because between this book that we just read and the book that we read before, uh, what was it? Sort of Shannara. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It was short. What was it, Scott? What? It was the first book in the other trilogy. Oh, um, yeah. I forget. Yeah. It's a Genesis series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a thousand years. So, I'm wondering if there aren't wait, wait. going so to I'm, be I'm, more I'm, books. I'm confused about a thousand. You're you're talking about the, the 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 original original book. Yeah, the first, the very first one we read. Oh, the uh, first one we read. No, that's the Genesis. It's not a thousand. That's years. not a thousand years. No, that's that maybe ten or fourteen years. Yeah, and but then there's a thousand years between that trilogy and the Sword of Shannara. Yeah. But that's not what he's talking about. Okay. But anyways, so go ahead. So, um, but well, I guess then, then I really don't have any legs to stand on. (laughs) Cause I I was, I was wanting, I was wanting to see what, what was going to happen, uh, between this book and the post-apocalyptic world that we read about before. Right, and we don't we don't see all we know is somewhere in there Ness dies, and she must die fairly young because Hawk, when we meet him, who is the Gypsy Morth in the flesh, um, is about fourteen or fifteen. Well, don't they say that he? I, I kind of okay. got the impression he stopped aging. That okay. he was that he was frozen at a certain age. So maybe, but then we also get Angel that is around. That is still alive from the time of John Ross. Right. So it can't be. So, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe it is, but there's maybe 20, 30 years max. Yeah. Well, unless, unless John Ross is two bears in it and he just is always. The yeah. Same. But two bears comes also into that book. I don't think that he have a, we have another two bear situation because two bears also appears to angel. That's true. So I don't know. Yeah. It's not hmm. that long. I mean, I mean, it's a little bit shorter time. They're, they're close enough together that, like, I thought Penny was going to be the demon that was with Findogast in the other book. Yeah. I was expecting her to be to be that demon, Penny Dreadful. I love yeah. that name. Um, <laughs> Do you know the picture? I pictured Harley Quinn anytime she came on. <laughs> She's a very Harley Quinn character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I agree with you, Jim. I would have. I. I was hoping to see whatever the mistake was that set everything on the bad path. And we don't yeah, see that, that. That was a letdown. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I think if, if the next, if there was a fourth book, as much as I don't, I haven't enjoyed reading if there was another book and I knew it was going to be about fall and the demons uprising, I would be much more interested in reading that. And I would want to read that because I was, I'm interested, like, one of my problems with the other book we read, the Genesis Wave or whatever it was called, 
um, the the um, thing I didn't like about that is it didn't give enough of an origin for these things. Like I want to know about the guy, the like the first the men turning into the once men and the and like the uprising of demons. Like I think it would be interesting to see like a story where someone gets turned into a demon or where someone gets turned into a once man or or kind of like the first of these lizard men or what were some of the other ones like the the giant spider things like some of these like mutated things kind of starting to pop up in and society kind of crumbling um I, I would be interested in reading that i think that's the type of like i guess fantasy i was looking for instead i just got a roughly mentioning fantasy a lifetime story yeah, there there is and there's and there is no other story. I just looked up the timeline uh for Shinar and it goes right in Armageddon's children. So the okay. events that happen that forces them to like live in stadiums and stuff mm-hmm. happens in those years between. between the death of Nest and and uh Hawk, you know, kind yeah. of I was also waiting for Nest to become more powerful because in Armageddon's children that they do talk about how the gypsy morph's mother was like a great witch and, and right. she had like all of this power and i was kind of waiting for that to be a thing yeah so there's a there's a story there that terry brooks obviously has in mind that is not written right yeah. well he has to figure out how to get it on lifetime <laughs> there was by the way just as a little prelude there was a short story that predates the uh, word in the void and here's the uh, synopsis of it. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's called Imaginary Friends. It's really about the people in your life, David. Okay. No, no. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, so this is it. Um, Jack McCall is 10 days shy of his 13th birthday, a happy kid with wonderful parents, a great best friend, and a bright future. But after a series of headaches forces him to visit the family doctor, Jack discovers a dark secret about himself, one that threatens to destroy him. All is not lost, though. In the mysterious Sinisippi Park, where he's banned to tread, Jack discovers an unexpected help for the most unlikely friends and begins a quest to locate the most potent of magics, the ones he needs to survive. <laughs> Which doesn't tell you. I don't understand. It's, yeah. not, it's not a woman who's battered or and or being taken advantage of by men. I don't know how I'm going to get that on Lifetime. No, I guess not. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, All right. So, uh, characters. Huh? Uh, did you have? Uh, did you have other problems um, in the book? You mentioned you had problems. That was one of your problems, or was that it, Jim? Uh, yeah, that that's about it. Uh, All right, that's about it. I, I I would like to see the nest story carried forward, despite its uh, apparent lifetime hallmark flavor. <laughs> I guess. Right. right. <laughs> This is a, it's a character, and, and I guess we're moving into characters. Uh, Nest is a character that I care about a lot. And I agree. I feel like I've, I feel like I've gotten to know her and she seems to be pretty smart and pretty on the ball. And, um, I, I would like to see her story fleshed out and finished. Do you mean things like where does she get her money? And how does she survive? No, she gets job? her money from the Olympics. 
she's got she's gotten her money from from running. Yeah, she's got absolutely. all the money she needs. She has, and they she make has that clear a house. In the book. What book did you read? I'm just kidding. Olympians, <laughs> Olympians don't. <laughs> what all the endorsements, all but the she's races? Not doing endorsements. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Not since race tried to come out in the middle of one of her races, and she stopped running. But she's living by herself. She's That's true. saving. She owns her house. Yep. Outright. Yeah. No she's in a house that's paid that's for. She's in a town that she's uh, comfortable in. Yeah. You know. You know, Ness. If there's if there's one complaint about Ness, she almost appears as being too good. Mm. Um. Like John Ross has is is a pretty flawed character in some ways. Um, certainly Bennett Scott and uh, many of the other people we see, Larry Spence, um, maybe Josie Jackson, but she's not really a central character. Like I'm thinking through the main characters here, but nevertheless, it's not like she's perfect. She makes some bad calls. Yeah, but and she they, can almost do no wrong. She, yeah, she is almost. She is Mary, the mother of Christ. You know, Basic. yeah, basically. Um, I but I I like I like Ness Freemark. Uh, she's interesting. I'm, I I love the stories. I love the interaction. I love the struggle. I love the little history we get of her, and I buy it. Riddle me this because I couldn't remember. Is her ex husband the same guy from the last book that was after her? No, because that was um, Roger. Roger, who, who was, was that? Roger uh, isn't Paul her ex husband. Paul is, but who is the who's the one that's now married? And that's him. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the one that's now married and his wife's pregnant again. Yeah, okay. That's that's the. I couldn't remember. I was like, I thought that. Was, I was like, but who's Paul? I remember, who's yeah, Paul? Paul's out of nowhere. There's a backstory there that we don't know. She has a relationship that's just yeah. on the rocks, and and yeah. you find that she he begins calling, and you find out that he's just using it to get an endorsement. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a creep. Yeah, we don't really find out why the relationship was dissolved. Right. At least not to my satisfaction, at least. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess moving on to John Ross, I enjoyed his character the most, I think. I think I like seeing his bounce back from being so flawed in the last book and finally like back on track and kind of doing his thing. I, I did enjoy the, the side story of him going after Gypsy Morph. Yeah, that was interesting. And, yeah. And the whole process of it. Yeah. I thought that that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. But even so, his, like, his temptation bounces back in with Josie. Doesn't like, learn from the first book, yeah. does he? Yeah, it's like, oh, well. Or even the second book where that's where he, want, that's now, what he wanted. Now, mind you, Ness did encourage it. Yeah. Ness is the one that says, you don't really want to spend time with people you don't know. Why don't you go spend time with Josie? Right. Like, he would not have done it with the word, had it been not for Ness, because right. he was resisting that temptation really good. And and weirdly enough, Josie was okay with everything. I mean, she wanted more, but she was still okay with right. knowing that he was not really going to be around much. Yeah, so... I- I, I like John too. I like the story of John. He was probably my favorite character in this one. What is what are your thoughts, Jim? 
Um, I felt bad for John. I really did. I knew that, that he was going to eventually have to sacrifice himself. I, you know, the book, the book was predictable in, in, in some ways. And you knew there was going to be a big battle and you knew somebody was going to die and it was going to be a sacrifice and you could pretty well figure out it was going to be John. Um, you know, but even though it was predictable, it didn't bother me. I liked, I liked John and it was, um, when he went back to be with Josie again, I really liked the way that again, he was tempted, you know, he was stronger. Um, right. But he had that promise. Okay. You take care of this one task and, and I will let you go. And I knew right there that was his death sentence. Right. Because he was not going to get out of this alive. And, you know, he, he saw himself as a retired knight of the word and he was going to, uh, go on with Josie and have a great life and it just didn't work, you know, it, and I knew it wasn't going to work. Along those lines, if you were John Ross, how annoyed would you be with constantly running over to England to, to see the lady of the water? And then here she is, just pops up at the water and, and hope, well, to do her thing. And you <laughs> tell me this whole time I could have gone to any river. You would have been there. <laughs> I mean, not seriously. Well, you know how those watery tarts are. They, you know, they're distributing staffs from all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. Well, you know, I don't know that I'd mind that because I would love going to England. Bring it yeah. on. Yeah. I, I just thought about it because, like, you know, he gets over there and he even brings up that, like, he spends all the money he just earned because he doesn't have like a job. Right. He just travels around doing what he does. That's right. So, yeah. Taking orders from watery mm -hmm. tarts. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I can't, I, John Ross, compelling character. I was interested in him. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, little John, his sidekick, not so much because you don't yeah. see. I mean, he is a vehicle. Uh, he's a talisman of the magic, and he's holding the magic. But you really don't know how that's going to play out, except that we know he eventually has to become Hawk somehow. Yeah. Again, little, because little John could have been more interesting. He could have been more weird, or or like off kilter, kind of. You know, I thought he was pretty weird as he was. Yeah, very much, very, very autistic feeling. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, Jimmy. Was he was weird compared to a normal child? But like, story wise, compelling wise, he just he didn't have he didn't do anything, and thus I kind of lost interest in. Right. Well, he stared out him. the window. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Right. It wasn't until really he started he started to. Uh, open up at the end that I was like, oh yeah, okay. I kind of care again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, that's a character that I don't really understand. Right. Right. Let's talk and about, I guess 
go ahead. Fire. You can chalk that. You can chalk that up probably to my inexperience with fantasy. So what? What don't you understand about him? Well, um, what? What is he? I mean, why would he not communicate? Why did he behave like? a normal person and and what was what was his purpose of existence so i mean my understanding this is my and you can, you can tell me if i'm wrong david because you will um uh, but so i mean every once in a while magic which is neither void or word eventually recreates into a power coalesce into some powerful entity um, which John Rotts captures with his nest, with his net, right? And then it form, then it continues to change, evolve into forms. And this one evolved eventually into this boy um, and spoke a word, nest, which is why they ended up back at Hopewell, right? And so she, the, the boy acts this way because he can't do what he wants to do with nest until Wraith is gone. And she has been holding Wraith in because she's afraid to let Wraith out. And once Wraith is out, then he can be cut, then he can then come in and in a sense be born almost this is almost like a Christ like uh, immaculate like conception type thing yeah. that happens right that, that's with him. Yeah, and I, it's I like got- the magic. And so like that's my that's my understanding of the purpose but he, his appearance is kind of random and unheralded yeah in a way well i good i got all the the messianic stuff i mean you know uh john ross seeing himself on a cross um you know that a symbol of sacrifice for others uh now we we're going to have a young man uh, a child born with an immaculate conception and you know the messianic stuff i i get that but um i don't know it, it as as david said it it just became uninteresting to me yeah so as he, time went on and it right. was then all of a sudden boom we get oh okay the you know he he does wake up when he sees uh demons coming after him he he kind of changes a little bit well, right. it's not. It's not the demons that come up. It's Ness. It's Ness. So, so like like Scott said, it's, it's leftover magic forms this thing that can choose to become all these different things, and it and it it finds a purpose, and then it tries to fill it. Right. And you don't know hmm. what purpose it's going to be. The purpose could be of destruction, and it could be a disease, or it could be a cure, and become just just a random cure, and that's just what it is, or in this case, whatever its purpose is, it wants to be a child. Right. And so it becomes this child and it's, it wants to be Nest's child. So it says her name, but it's not, when it, when it's little John, it's not a person yet. It's still like an empty shell, like almost kind of how like the, what are they called? The, the little kid spirits that, 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 that guide them around. What are they called? I don't know. In this one, like Nest has one that guides her in the other book, and John has one that guides them. The tattered Demalion. Tattered yeah, yeah. How they're made up of like the personalities of a bunch of little kids to make one. 
this is like a blank slate, and all it knows is it wants to be inside Nest. And so he gets it to Nest, but part of the re- part of it is is a Gypsy Moore learning what it means to be human. In the in the process, yeah, well, I, I really, yeah, I mean, I think that that's it wants to learn how to be human, but I don't really feel like it's picking that much of that up as Little John because it's kind of like you said, just it's, autistic. Well, it just sits it's, there it's, and it's, stares. It's waiting. It's waiting for Nest, yeah, to release Wraith. So, so the the gypsy morph has to, if it's not used, it'll disappear, right? And so, and has, you see that beginning to happen throughout the book, right? And so, when it wants to be inside of Nest. But it can't because she already has magic in her, filling a void. And when she lets, hmm. the, I understand how you think that the demon shows. It's not the demon showing up that wakes it up, wakes the little John up. It's when Wraith leaves her body, the gypsy morph is like realizes now's my chance to to enter in and 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 become what I want to become. And you see that in the standoff at the end where Wraith is there. And little John's there, and Ness says to little John, he's not coming back. Right. I've released him, and then little John makes his move. Yeah, and and, and mm. comes into her. So it's kind of like uh, there's only room for one, at least. Well, one magic. One magic in her. Right. And so then it beca- it wants to be real, and rather it wouldn't really be real if it made itself a little boy. Right. be still purely magic so it makes itself an egg yes right so whatever whatever a fertilized fertilized egg. egg yeah yeah or maybe just a sperm maybe. <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> however you want to look at yeah, it. yes so interesting i don't know that's our that's our take on it jim okay yeah well I'll, I'll tell you what far more compelling to me was was the bennett scott story Oh, Bennett Scott was heart-wrenching. Yes, absolutely. I have known people like this. I know. I think that's why it was so... Her story was one where I had so much hope and so much heartbreak. And um, the way that she describes her need and her love of Harper and... um, her desire to be free, and I was so pissed at Penny Dreadful when he when Penny Dreadful kept trying to get her to use, and I was like, "Way mm-hmm. to go! You're resisting! You're resisting!" And bam, it happens. And then I'm just like, "It's all downhill." And I just, yeah. my heart just ached at her story, and I knew it was going to happen. And at first, I thought, "Wait!" And I'd read this book a while ago. I just had forgotten that that part of the story, and I. And so I knew kind of what was going to happen because I, you know, again, I own the books and I'd read them paperback a long time ago. But as I was listening to it, I was just like, no, I would, you know, just, I was really mad at Penny. Yeah. See, and I'd never read it before. And I thought, you know, here is Bennett stumbled into a situation where she is welcome to stay forever with Nest. Nest told her that you're welcome here. Okay. And your little girl is welcome here, and here's your setup, you know. And then, as you say, Penny Dreadful comes in with with that temptation, and she can't resist it. And she it came down to a decision between her 
pursuing, continue to pursue her addiction and giving up her daughter or staying clean and living with Nest. And I think she, if it had not been for Findo Gask, Penny Dread, Dreadful, and, and that crew, I think that Bennett would have made the right decision. I do too. Yeah. And that's that. That's yeah. the thing that really hurt. This is, if you want to talk Lifetime movie, this is a Lifetime movie that's, story. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This, this is, is it, yeah. uh, like, I was, like, when she goes over the cliff, you know, I am heartbroken when that happens. Because I know, mm-hmm. I, I know she's being deceived. Um, and I, too, had so much hope. Like, when she first resists penny i'm like you go girl you know and then it was like then it just you know the whole thing was just she was the saddest and the story that i was most upset about Mm -hmm. i felt it was too real thus extremely predictable (laughs) and and she should have died died earlier and she should have taken the girl with her and the only reason I say that is because every time the little girl popped, I got upset. <laughs> I don't like the the kids speak. What apple juice? <laughs> yeah. Apple juice, David. Naft. David, apple juice. Naft. David, apple juice. David. I'm David, a horrible person, Jim. You? No, no. <laughs> so you don't, don't like have children. children. You don't like you kids. You don't have those. You don't have those memories. I have yeah. memories of the way my kids used to say things. That will be with me forever. Yeah. And and I every now and then I remember it and I just chuckle. Oh, and, you and know. It, yeah. It's been a source of it's been a source of joy for me all my life. And you know, I can understand why you would not relate to that if you <laughs> have not had your yeah. own children. I'm joking. But, but these are No, you're not. Well, yeah. these are memories <laughs> that are that are built over time. And I'm not I'm not upset or anything with you at all um no it's understandable yeah i I just don't really anyway i guess yeah anyway the 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 harper thing when uh when nest had to tell harper that mommy was not coming back anymore i had to put the book down for the rest of the day i couldn't i couldn't read on me too i was like because i all i remember is telling my children on the couch in our living room when my father passed. And just, yeah. number one, my father passed. Uh, but secondly, like their grand, like first person in their lives that died of any consequence. <sighs> yeah. I'm with you, Jim. Totally with you. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's, it's, it was very, it was very hard. It, I, I guess I, I came at it from a different angle. I mean, I related more to Nest, or not Nest, um, Harper, I guess. Just because when I was young, my father essentially passed. I mean, he didn't die till much later, but he was mentally dead. Right. At a very young age for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So having had that explained was a similar situation. Yeah. Well, you know, so I think for me, the character that I was most emotionally invested in was Bennett Scott in the Harper story for me. Um, yeah. I'd have to go with, go yeah. along with that myself. 
Yeah. I'd say for me it was John Ross. Yeah, you. But that's that. a different place in life, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. We got to talk about Larry Spence. Ugh, he didn't take that so much. <laughs> what yeah. a dupe. So, on one hand, again, like Bennett Scott, he's being used. Mm-hmm. So yes, the guy can't take a hint. But it doesn't sound like like other than Church and him not really getting the hint. It doesn't sound like he's being a real big jerk about it until after Findo Gas comes. Right. I like the right. way Findo Gas said that, like, my power is I see addiction and I, I, I know how to use it against someone and, and you're addicted to her. You're addicted to wanting her. Right. And I thought that was an interesting. That was an interesting twist. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. But, you know, th- this guy... He didn't have a, a a chance in hell of of having a relationship with Nest because he is not in her league. No, not even absolutely close. not. He was putting way you know. too much on her too, just from like get go. Oh yeah, come over and be mom on on Christmas. Right, basically that that was yeah. that was a bit much. Yeah. And, and and I can see the poor guy's point of view. You know, here is here is a very eligible woman, uh, his own twenty nine years old. Uh, right, he's got a decent yeah. He's got a decent job, and uh, why not? You know, in his mind, it, it it's why not? Maybe you know, but um, he doesn't have the charm that it would take. Yeah. In the end, though. When 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 Findocast when when his end comes, I am a bit sad. I mean, because he he comes in there to do the right thing, to confront Findogast, and Findogast manipulates him, uh, controls him, burns out his eyes, scoops him out, uh, whatever he does. Yeah, he there there there's nothing but sockets there, and you know it's just. His end is very sad to me. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, too, like, this guy has kids at home, mm. you know? And so I'm looking at it again from a father. I'm like, you know, and so and again, that was, while I didn't like him and on one hand didn't care that he passed, I, you know, I did have a little bit of empathy. But Well, see, I, I didn't dislike him. I just knew that he was, you know, he was chasing... He was a squirrel chasing a nut he wasn't going to get. That's all there is to it. And, you know, how long had he been at this and what was going to, what was it going to take to get him to see that this is not going to work? Okay. It's time to move on, uh, find something else. And yeah, you darn right. The way that uh, he was treated by Findo Gask was, was absolutely horrible. I mean, yuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. But he was have, no longer uh, of use. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we talk, kind of talked about a bunch of these characters. We want to talk about Pick and Wraith at all, the separate characters. I mean, Pick's being his old Pick self. Yeah, I didn't really feel like anything new to discuss with him. Yeah, Penny Dreadful, we kind of talked about. No. She was the most interesting in the demons for me. Yeah. Way more interesting than Findo Gap. I really thought she was going to turn into be that other demon. Oh yeah, you mentioned, yeah. and that would have been a nice tie-in. Except that now she's dead. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think the scariest um, character to me was the one that showed up the least, and that's Twitch. Yeah, was he the one that was like the blob? Or was that the Erdok? That's the Erdok. Uh, Which was that, the, the albino guy. Yeah, yeah that's well, Erdok. Yeah, the 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 Erdok. No, Twitch was Twitch was the albino. Twitch was the the one that was so violent. Yes. Uh, you know, I just kept waiting, turning page after page after page, waiting for the for him to come out. And when he finally did, he wasn't very effective. No. Right. Well, the only time you see him is when they're Christmas caroling, and then he comes out, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the Erdrock and that that battle between the Erdrock and Wraith that was epic. That yeah. was epic. I like that one. I enjoyed the climax a lot. I think that I mean I, they, it, you mean that the whole battle at the apartment yeah. building? Yeah, I feel like it's it's weak to say that was my favorite part, but like, but it is it's done it well. Just, it was just, I mean, if. You have all the, the you like have that. all the major players except for maybe Josie kind of coming into play. Yeah, and I just I I liked the what's his face like being kind of mutilated there and taken advantage of like that was kind of like the I liked that that aspect. I liked the the demons kind of each using their individual traits against him. I liked the surprise of yeah. being attacked. John seeing seeing John use some of his magic for a change. The the fight between. Uh, the wolf and the Erdrock, like a ghost in the Erdrock. I thought that was really cool. Just like even some more of the uh, mythology of like, you know, you kill the demon, there's the little like bat thing inside of them. Right. You gotta kill that to really kill them. Right. That type of thing. Like, I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, any other characters? Oh, you know, back, back, back to, back to Pith, pick just for a second. Um, the way he, uh, I uh, one of the things, one of my favorite deals in there was how he uh, protected the house, right? With oh, yeah. uh, w- with that whatever that web of magic or whatever right. it was, and Findo Gask got Larry Spence to go into the house and open a window, and that was all it right. took. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I like too how Pick ends up being kind of their scout into the apartment. Yeah, he, like he leaves the park because this is the first time we ever see him leave the park. So I mean, that is some evolution mm-hmm. of character, I guess. Yeah, I don't know any other characters that we should be talking about, or I think we've done a decent job with them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, foolish we- Amine. Oh, I know. We're gonna two bears, but yeah. Two bears is two bears. He's just he's be- not in there a lot, but three. He's one of those characters that when he is present, he dominates and he is so darn memorable. I mean, in all three of these books that we've read, he plays he he plays a big part in the first book, and then in the second and third book, not quite as much, but his presence is is uh, amazing. Yes. Yes. I like when the demons go to battle him and oh. he just like whew, disappears. Yeah. You can't hurt me if I'm not yeah. here. Yeah. This is gone. Yeah. I liked him. I thought it was cool. I liked I think I liked the end where he picks up the staff. The staff. Like that was my yeah. my favorite part. Well, because you do question whether he's really gone. Yeah. Whether well, I guess the 
Well, it's just he, he appears in the fourth book, which we read before, so we know he's not gone. Yeah. Well, Findogesk says it'll just take him a while to reconstitute or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Two, bear, two, bears, two bears is an immortal spirit that will never go away. Uh, that, that would be my prediction, is that he's going to show up when he's needed, when his wisdom is needed, his experience is needed, and uh, and he'll say his piece, and then he'll just fade away again. Yeah. It's a character that doesn't play into the larger Shannara mythos later on down the road. Like, he appears in the oh. he appears in this trilogy, <laughs> and in the next trilogy, but then... We get we actually meet someone in the second book of the trilogy that we only read the book one about. We meet someone mm-hmm. that almost is a two bears like character, and it's not two bears. Don't they talk about him dying oh. in the first one in the Armageddon's children or whatever? Maybe I forget. I forget. But well, do we have? Let's talk about favorite points of plot. Um, uh, what points of plot did I mean? Maybe we talked about it. We mentioned the climactic point there, but were there, were there any other uh, points of plot that we really enjoyed? I mean, so for me, the um, the top three is the, is the ending, picking up the stick, and I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the 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 John stuff finding the gypsy. Oh yeah, that like, that story. Okay, good. We kind of talked about that, uh, Jim. Yeah, I thought, uh, other than what I've already said, I was very happy for John that he had one more, um, one more time as a regular human being with Josie. I, I really appreciated uh, him getting that. Yeah, getting what, Jim? Just kidding. <laughs> oh gosh! Elaborate yeah. with a loot. Yeah, with possible. Maybe it was a loot music that got him <laughs> to saying. Yeah, you know, you know. One other scene that I really liked was the toboggan run, the toboggan run scene, and Findo Gas messing with the lake, and even though, man, another real tragic, heartbreaking death was the park ranger. Um, especially because he describes him falling in and being frozen. I'm like, oh, stop, you know. And so, like, but that that whole scene, I really enjoyed. It was really yeah. well written and really grabbed me. Hmm. But I thought, I mean, I, I think I think I like the guy dying scene more than I like the actual like action scene of avoiding it toboggan, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Any other? If not, we can move into quotes. Quotes. I don't have any quotes, but you guys seem to. Jim, you have a quote there. Do you want to read yours first? Sure. From your favorite man? Um, Yes, from Ulish Amine. You know, I I am always have been, am and always have been fascinated with Native American ritual and beliefs and mythologies uh and so this character is someone that i really enjoy reading about and he said sometimes change is necessary sometimes we recognize the need for it 
but we don't know how to achieve it. We misread its nature. We think it is beyond us, failing to recognize that our inability to act is a problem of our own making. Change is the solution re we require, but it is not a goal that is easily reached. Identifying and disposing of what is troubling to us requires caution and understanding. Fabulous words. Mm. Fabulous words. I agree. Yeah. Oh, very good. And well, well said. That's a great quote. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And uh, I think Bennett Scott illustrated that point rather well. Yeah. And talking about the way they describe Bennett, this is my first quote is actually about Bennett, that, you know, the way they described her addiction is whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever, Bennett was an addict and she viewed everything that happened to her as being someone else's fault all the while thinking deep inside that it was really hers. And I thought that that was a great description of the struggle that Ben Scott had. Yeah. And I, when they were describing how mm -hmm. she got into it with her family and her mother and being fending, like, like I felt bad. Like there was, there was empathy. Like she didn't just necessarily choose this life, but it was kind of thrust on her. And, uh, and then she just mm -hmm. had to deal with it, you know. Um, I like this quote. This was near the end of the book, but Ness, it says, Ness found herself reflecting on the cyclical nature of her life. Her thinking wasn't so much about the fact of it, that it was mundane and obvious, but about the ways in which it happened. Sometimes in the course of living, you couldn't avoid ending up where you began. You might travel far distances and experience trains events, trains events, but when all was said and done, your journey brought you right back around to where everything started. And I thought that was a pretty good synopsis from the first book till now. Really describes Ness. Even the whole Bennett Scott character, you know. Um, when do your last one? Yeah, the last one. This one, I think, is uh, about... Um, it's about John, I think. A solitary warrior and seeker of truth, he looked out across the ice where the open water flowed and then beyond to where the words battle against a sleeping world's ignorance and denial still raged. Hmm. The idea, like part of what made the void so power powerful is the inability for people to see its effect and its impact. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, cool. there we go. So from there, let's move on to our closing thoughts uh, on this book. We'll, All right. Let's go with anything else you think you want to say. Uh, would you recommend this book? Uh, would you recommend the series? And what rating do you give this book? Let's uh, start with you, Scott. The payoff is incredible. So for me, like, so would I recommend the trilogy? Yes. Um, I think it's accessible. Um, Nest and Two Bears and John Ross are compelling characters. Perhaps for me, more so in the first and the third book, but I did appreciate him even in the story that was in the middle book. I liked it. Um, this was my favorite of the three. And uh, are we are we rating these at like round numbers? 
Um, do I like I can, or can I like do point five? Okay, so like this is a four point five out of five for me. Not the best book I read, but I really did enjoy this book, probably more so than the others. And uh, so, hands down, would I recommend this book? Yeah. Do you need to read the prior books to understand this one? I think the story of the Gypsy Morph. If you're going to read one of these three books, you can read this book, and it will stand by itself. And you don't necessarily miss. You won't understand the relationships of the characters or have a context for that, but I think you get enough that you can dive into the book and read it and understand it. How about you, Jim? Jim? I, I, yes, I'm here. I love that. <laughs> I, I love this story. I love I loved the, the, this story and, and the series overall. And I would recommend these three stories, these three books to anyone as, as something that is fun to read. And it, it's not such a reach to understand it. It's about people that could very possibly exist at a time that I understand and there's there's um compelling stories along with the elements of fantasy so i'm going to give this one a five of five also you know i i I think what you're saying and i like it is is it it is it's it's very it's relatable fantasy because you don't it's not like you have wizards and warlocks and um and loot masters and minstrels and it's not like you have all that stuff playing in there <laughs> and they're fighting some dragons here uh you have something uh you you have a very you you have a battle that's happening with regular people that are that ha- just happen to have some magic as a part of them yeah these people could be the next town in the next town over here where i live i mean it could be it's very plausible yeah they are in the next town over. I agree. It's the best book of the three. Uh, actually, I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I really agree with what you said, Scott. I think someone could read this one without the other ones. You'd miss some of the like super intricacies, but I think they, right. They spell out a lot, like the history between nest and John, but like, it doesn't really. None of the, the other stuff really plays in, except for her father. Yeah, and which, I mean, and you understand, you get enough that he kind of, you know, that there's a prior relationship. You may not know what it is. If you want to know? Go back, read book one. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Would I recommend this book? No. Would I recommend the trilogy? Definitely not. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. I had two out of five. Oh, I'm only giving it a two because it's better than Kim Stanley Robinson's <laughs> stuff. <laughs> New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've read worse books, but it just it's so forgettable. Uh, at the same time, I'm st- I'm just so curious as to why people like Shinara, sort of Shinara that I might wind up reading that at some point. We should. We need. We need to read that. I, I just. I don't understand. Right. Um, and maybe I will after I read that, and maybe it'll make me like these more. But for right now, 
Nay. Nay. Uh, All so right. That's my two cents on that. Very good. But So, with that well, being said, let's talk oh, about what book we are reading next. Yeah, so our next book well, is... Well, hey, be- good. before we do that, we should probably say uh, that's an overall 3.8 that we're rating this. That's still good. That's like what, a 4.0 uh, almost. What is it? What is it on uh, Goodreads? Does anyone know? It is a four point. It's a four point one on Goodreads. So our next book that we're reading is Cibola Burn, but Burn is it Burn or Burns? Yeah, Burn. So Cibola Burn by James S. A. Corey. It is the fourth. It's book the fourth book in the and uh, it won by series. an overwhelming majority. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's not like it was the only thing on the poll, <laughs> but people were voting for it left, right, center. I, they really wanted this book. Yeah, yeah. They, nothing else got any, any votes. It's true. But for our next fantasy book, uh, we've got three books to choose from. We're gonna, we've got Sea of Thieves, Athena's Fortune by Chris Alcock, Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan, and The Lies of Locke Lamora. Uh, it's the book one of The Gentleman Bastards by Scott Lynch. I just want to read that one because it's called The Gentleman Bastards. The Gentleman ba- That's right. It seemed pretty interesting from the, uh, and that was recommended by listeners. So if you want to recommend a book, you know, head over to the website. There's a little, on our poll, there's a little you thing. You can do that. Or you can just email us directly at theorbitalsword at gmail.com. And you can vote uh, to decide which one of these we will read. Yeah, at orbitalsword.com slash uh, decide what we read. By the way, uh, we know that there were some issues with the feed, and it seems like that's been resolved. Yeah, So those of you in trouble downloading it, I apologize. That is a issue. I'm still quite not quite sure what happened. <laughs> it was a two-month of working it out with, duking it out with GoDaddy, Apple, uh, Blueberry Power Press, and Lipson all together. So, well, thanks for powering through that, Scott. Rrr, Got us back on track. Rrr. Anyways. Um, so if you want to contact us, there's a thousand and one ways you can do it. <laughs> First off, you can email us at right. orbitalsword at gmail.com. That'll work. Yep. We've got a voicemail. You can leave a uh, voicemail of your yeah, comments. Yeah, 1260-577-CHAT. Of course. As, we, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, right. I was going to say 1260 There you go. Facebook.com slash orbitalsword. Uh, that's another place you can find us there. And at Orbital Sword on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And smoke signals work. Smoke signals. Smoke signals. Yeah, right. That works. I also hear that Jim has an ear for any lute playing in in the proper melody. Right. So, like, if you play it and you're, like, suggesting a book or want to leave a review and you put yeah. it to a lute tune, Jim will zero in on it. He's like Superman with it the is. extra. It's like, ooh, someone's playing so, lute. Oh, my God. I hear... A song of recommendation. Yeah, the song. <laughs> a recommend. Yeah, I like that. Um, if you want to support this, the show, uh, we greatly appreciate it. You can head over to patreon.com slash the orbital sword. And those links are on our site. If yep. you go to the orbitalsword.com. Yep, yep, yep. I think so, that's about it. Well, once again, for the orbital sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm sick of hearing about the loot. (laughs) (laughs) So I am Jim Arrowwood, and I bid you to please join us next time on board the Orbital Sword.
Miss you. 